Deuteronomy 34. Dom, we're going to read just one verse to start. Uh, We're going to read verse number 5. Deuteronomy 34 and verse number 5. When you found, uh, would you stand out of respect for the reading of God's word? Uh, David, if you haven't already, maybe push me up half a notch on the old mic this evening. It's the verse we have long awaited. Deuteronomy 34 and verse number 5. Let's read it in unison together. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Father, we love you. And Lord, as we really conclude tonight the wilderness wanderings, God, I pray that you'd open our hearts. God, you've given me a message tonight that, that has burdened my heart. And God, I pray that in spite of my infirmity this evening, in spite of the weakness of my body and the weakness of my voice, God, I pray that you would allow me to clearly communicate the truth that you have laid on my heart from this passage. Bless us, I pray, as we go to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Wilderness wanderings this year have taught us many things for our journey. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 11, Paul reminds us that these things, uh, speaking specifically in the context of the wilderness wanderings, these things happened unto them for in samples. And they're written for our admonition, our learning, upon whom the ends of the earth are come. We've learned some things. We've learned that God will do as he has promised. Amen, church? We've learned that God will provide, that he will guide, that he will protect. That he will correct and chastise when needed. Wilderness wanderings have reminded us of the importance of faith. Because without faith, you know it, it is impossible to please him. We learn from the wilderness wanderings that though the children of Israel faced a lot of things, nothing that they faced along the way could derail what God had determined to do. We learn that though they failed God, God never failed them and was faithful to them every step of the way. So much so that a testimony was given in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, and verse number 21. Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Now our study tonight is quickly coming to a close. We are officially killing Moses. The other leaders are long dead. Aaron is dead. Miriam is dead. Now Moses is dead. And it's important, I think, an important lesson for us to learn, an important distinction for us to make. And here's the crux tonight. Our study is almost done, but the story has just begun. For the Christian, hear me, it is never over. It is always onward. Look with me as we open this chapter tonight. Deuteronomy 34, we'll begin in verse 1. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab under the mountain Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is over against Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah unto the utmost sea, and the south, and the plain valley of Jericho. 
the city of palm trees unto Zoar. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swear unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed, and I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes. But thou shalt not go over thither. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, over against Beth Peor. And no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. And his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Can I point out first to us tonight, and I really want you to stay with me tonight. I want you to note, number one, the seasons change. The seasons changed. You know, as we read these eight verses, there's a sense of finality here. God in his grace allows Moses to see with his eyes what his heart has seen in faith. He allowed Moses to see the promised land. Now, Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land because of some of his failures. But Moses was allowed to look on that which his heart had longed for. But Moses' days of leading Israel were over. He died. Interesting funeral details here. The Bible says that the Lord buried him in the valley of the land of Moab. We find in the New Testament that there was even a dispute over the body of Moses between Michael the archangel and Satan. And so apparently this would have been the funeral to be at, but none of us were invited. And no man, the Bible says, knows of his sepulcher unto this day. Moses died. This season for Israel was over. Things would never be the same. Church, things change. Times change. Our ages change. Our strengths change. Our abilities change. Our opportunities change. Things change. Now here's the thing about change. Change is hard. How many people would say, I love change? And by that I don't mean rearranging your living room. Because some of you do like that kind of stuff, and change is hard. And Israel here is entering into a new season. You see, Moses went up the mountain, he never came back. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab, and they wept for 30 days. Israel was entering a new season. You see, very shortly for Israel... The pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that had led them for 40 years was going to cease. You see, in just a little while for Israel, the manna that had fed Israel every single day for 40 plus years was going to cease. Eventually, those shoes that never wore out were going to start wearing out. The clothes were going to start as well. Israel's entering a new season. Things change. Change is hard. And let me point out, they mourned Moses, and rightfully so. You know, sometimes we need to take time to mourn. That is good and right for us to do. We need to take time to mourn because change is hard. 
It is hard to move on. It is hard to let go. It is hard to face the unknown. It can be hard and it can be emotional. Seasons change. But church, what it cannot be is debilitating. Because seasons change, but they don't cease. You see, God's not done in Deuteronomy 34. How many of us understand that it's easy to get stuck in transition? It's easy. Honestly, that's what we spent the whole year studying. Israel got stuck in transition. Really, it was only a couple days' journey from Egypt where they left to the promised land where God was going to take them. But what happened? They got stuck in transition. Stuck between where they were taken from and where they were taken to. And tonight, we got to understand it is easy for us at times to get stuck in transition. I want to challenge a few groups tonight, all right? Groups who tend to get stuck in transition. I speak with love tonight. Senior saints. Stuck between what's lost and what's looming. I talk to senior saints so often and what we do is we mourn what we can no longer do. We know one day when we all get to heaven what a day that will be, amen? But sometimes here now all we can see is what we can no longer do. And when that happens, do you know what happens? We get stuck in transition. Because here's the thing. Brother Charles said it this morning so well. If you are here and God has given you life and God has given you breath, God is not done with you. But it's easy to get stuck in transition. To remember what it was like when we used to have the strength to be up and knock on doors and be up and teach the class and work with kids and work the bus and and do all these different things. And because we can't do what we used to do, we find ourselves not doing anything. Seasons change, but they don't cease. You know, sometimes we need to stop and we need to, to, to maybe mourn what, what, what has happened. But, but seasons change, but, but they don't cease. God has something for you to do. What is it that God has for you to do in this season? God doesn't have retirees. We don't don't retire from serving God. We ought to retread. Amen? And whether it's golden apples, whether it's... Here's one thing that I think is lacking. You know, we talk a lot about... We talk a lot about the new families God's bringing our way. You know what the aged men and the aged women are supposed to do? Mentor the young men and the young women. And so, so some of you guys that have decades of experience under your belt, maybe say, Lord, lay, lay one of those families, lay one of those couples on my heart, and don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them, Amen. and you love on them, and you invite them out for dinner, and you, and you, and you engage them in the Word, and you encourage them in your, their, their faith, and you encourage them to serve and employ their gifts in their youth, in their strength. 
It's easy to get stuck in transition, stuck between what's lost and what's looming. One of the groups who sometimes tend to get a little bit stuck are our senior saints. Let me go to the other end of the spectrum. Another group that tends to get stuck are our teens and our young adults. Stuck between what we've lost. I'm not a kid anymore. And what's looming, adulthood. You know, we got a lot of youth in this church. And, you know, I almost wish tonight I could go ahead and grab the teens from there and grab the college and career from there and, and, and sit them down for at least the next five minutes to listen. But here's the thing. we got a lot of young people in this church and, and a lot of people who, who think, well, well, I'm just too young to do anything. No, let no man despise thy youth. You know, my heart is burdened for the fact that, that we have a hard time finding Sunday school teachers. That ought not be. That we have a hard time finding people who want to go to jail, who want to go to the juvenile justice center, who want to go into the public schools and, and present the good news to the, to the students in the public schools. That, that, that we're not overflowing, having to turn people away from working in the nursery. But we kind of get... Stuck between what's lost and what's looming, and we don't really feel like leaders, but we know we're not kids, and so because we're not leaders and because we're not kids, we just don't do anything. And beloved, that ought not be. Let me give one more group tonight. And I, and I want to mention this group. I want to mention this group, and, and, and I pray this comes across with compassion. But another group who tends to sometimes get lost in transition are those who've suffered trauma. Sometimes it's a loss of a loved one. Sometimes it's a hurt from church. Sometimes it's, for whatever reason, you've had to transition to a new church. It breaks my heart that some of the people that have struggled the most to get engaged are, are people who the Lord transitions from another church because they just struggle to find their footing because of the, 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 the trauma that they experienced before or the change that's in front of them. But those people who've suffered trauma, who've suffered loss, illness, loss of a loved one, stuck between what's lost and what's looming, But if God has you here, it's because he's not done with you. And you need to take the time to mourn. And you need to take the time to process and grieve. But church, we cannot afford to get stuck. Because seasons change, but they don't cease. For the Christian. It is never over. Yeah, Moses is dead and things will never be the same, but it's not over. It's onward. Amen. <clears throat> Number one, the seasons change. Look with me, verse number nine. I'll go back to verse number eight. The children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him as the Lord commanded Moses. 
And there was not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all the land, and in all the mighty hand, and in all the great terror which Moses showed in the sight of all Israel. Not only do the seasons change, but we also see here that the servants change. God called Moses home, and in verse number 9, we see God called Joshua here. Now things would never be the same again. Because here's the reality, Joshua was not Moses. And Moses was not Joshua. In fact, 10, 11, and 12 talk very distinctly about how there would never be anybody like Moses ever again. But Moses and Joshua, they had different backgrounds. One was raised the son of Pharaoh. The other raised a servant. They had different strengths. One was the lawgiver. The other was the warrior. Seasons change. Servants change. Things change. Wouldn't be the same. And here's the thing about change. Change is hard. You know what? We get used to certain people being in certain places, doing certain things, don't we? We get used to leadership. We get used to not only who does it, but how they do it. And so when God changes the servant, sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes things can sputter and stumble a bit. God uses men, God moves men, God changes men. But here's the thing, for all of us, it is about God and not man. Moses was done, God was not. Men may change, but the master does not. How easy it is for things to sputter in transition. And by the way, we're not immune in this ministry. I think about, John and Tammy, how long have you guys worked in children's ministries? 40 plus years. 40 plus years. Lynette, how long have you guys worked in children's ministries? Forever. Forever. Okay. <laughs> Seems reasonable. <laughs> Robert, how long have you been working on buses? Verna? How long you been riding buses? Grew up riding them. Larry Petrie, how long you been going to jail? Roughly 42. Since 1942 or 42 years? <laughs> Rich Stenson, how long you served as a deacon? years. Jerry, how long you been on the radio? Okay, forever. You and Lynette started the same year, right? Church, God has blessed us with some people who've been faithful. Who've been faithful. The bus ministry ought not end with Robert Reinberger. The quality of children's ministries that we have ought not end with people like, and I know there's a bunch of people in there, but the Wyricks and the Pococks and others. The jail ministry ought not end with Larry Petrie. Here's the thing. God is, God is still bringing people, amen? Is God saving people? Absolutely he is. Is God adding to his church? 
Absolutely he is. Is God working in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls? Absolutely he is. Here's the thing though. If God is still ministering, God is still working, and ministries still need to be manned, and souls still need to be reached, I believe God's still calling. But let me ask, who's answering? Who's answering? Who is going to answer the call? And again, I wish I could grab the youth group, and I could grab college and career and put them in here, but we'll make them listen to it online later. Amen. Here's the thing. Robert Reinberger would love it if he had a man that he could train up to take over when he's done. But we could go down the line. Do these ministries still need to happen, church? Yes or no? Do souls still need to be saved? Yes or no? Is God still calling? Or is God unaware of the need? If God is still calling, let me ask you, where is the, where's the breakdown? We've got a crop of people with so much potential in this church. And I'm asking us, To get past the idea, well, I've never done this before, or I've never thought of myself that way, or I've never considered myself a leader, or or whatever it may be, and say, God, what would you have me to do? And if we simply got down on our knees and said, God, what would you have me to do? I tell you, God would call some people to that bus route and God would call some people to door knocking and God would call some people to the nursery and God would call some people to the radio and God would raise up some men for the deacon board. And God, God, I'm telling you. The seasons change. The servants change. But the work of our God is not over. It is always, only, onward. Because you see, though the seasons change, and though we see the servants change, if I turn my Bible one page over, do you know what I find? I find that the story continues. In Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread on, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Seasons change, servants change, but the story continues. Change is hard. But change is not fatal and change is not final. Change is meant to be connective, not conclusive. 
Hear me, church. It's not over. It's onward. And the story has just begun. Because when Deuteronomy 34 ends, I've still got 62 books and eternity to go. You know, you can be grateful for what God has done and be excited for what is to come. Now let me give you a couple of applications here as we conclude. For some of you, as you consider your ministry and your work for the Lord tonight, for some of you, some of you have grown stale. It's just grown stale. It is old hat. Could it be because you're holding on to that which is old? You know, stale bread was meant for yesterday. It was fresh when it was supposed to be. Along those same lines, manna was never meant for the promised land. The promised land flowed with milk and honey. Some of us tonight perhaps have grown stale. And we need to look, is it because we're trying to hold on to something that we shouldn't be holding on to anymore? Some of us tonight have grown discouraged. We've grown discouraged in our ministry, in our walk with God. And I wonder, could it be because we're trying to hold on to that which is no longer? You see, the people could have strived to stay with Moses. Well, well, we don't, we don't really know what happened to Moses up in the mountain. Well, we we got to stick with Moses, so, so we're just going to stick with Moses. But here's the thing. At this point, when we go from Deuteronomy 34 to Joshua 1, if we decide to stick with Moses, we're going to miss the moments that God has for us ahead. We're going to miss when the Jordan River gets parted in two. We're going to miss when the walls of Jericho fall. We're going to miss when the sun stands still. Some of us have grown discouraged because we're holding on to what no longer is. And we're missing the moments that God has planned for us ahead. Some have grown stale. Some have grown discouraged. Some have grown distant. And I wonder tonight, could it be because something didn't go your way? What happens when God's will and my will don't jive? What happens when opportunities that I have enjoyed all my life go away? What happens when I get put in this situation that I never thought I would be in at this point in my life? I I thought I would be here and doing this and doing this and yet none of that is true. What happens when God's will and my will don't jive? You see, if I go my own way or if I split the distance, you know what? I'm growing distant. You know, Moses is dead. But it's not over. You understand that tonight? Moses is dead. But it's not over. Moses is dead. But it's not over. For the Christian, it is always onward. You know, we've looked at these things. They are written for our learning. But I have no doubt that the devil will try to tell you it's over. Your flesh will try to tell you it's over. Your failure will try to tell you it's over. Your critics will try to tell you it's over. But let me ask you this. Since when did we listen to them? Because God says onward. 
And the scripture calls us onward. And grace calls us onward. And the spirit of God propels us onward. Church, it's not over. It's onward. Because there is so much to accomplish. And when it's all over here, it is onward to rejoice and enjoy eternity forever. So let me ask you. Which does your life reflect? Is it over? Or is it onward? Seasons change. And that's hard. Servants change. I'm going to tell you both transitioning out of things and transitioning into things. That is hard. By the way, that's why the two groups should help each other out. Change is hard. But it ain't over. Because by God's grace and for God's glory, the story will continue for eternity to come.